This is the Stand with Lynette podcast. You have episode four, the life-changing power of identity. What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path, come what may? My name is Lynette Shepard, and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter-day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker, you are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to episode four of the Stand with Lynette podcast. I am so grateful that you're here. And before we dive into the topic for today, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who listened to the first three episodes, who reached out to me, who told me how impactful they were, who shared it with friends, who left ratings or reviews. All of these things mean so much to me. So keep those ratings and reviews coming, my friend. Keep those shares coming in case it resonates with you and you think it might resonate with someone else. This is how we can get the word out and I can help more people. So thank you for doing that and keep it coming, my friends. All right, this topic for today is very near and dear to my heart. It is a topic that has literally changed my life. I'm not even exaggerating. It has literally turned my life around and I cannot wait to share with you what happened to me and why it matters and why it matters for you and how understanding identity can literally turn your situation around. I'm gonna start off by telling you a story of something that happened to me a long time ago, 38 years ago to be exact, but I still remember it. My memory of this is still really clear. For whatever reason, I still remember this. My family had recently moved to a new home and there was a girl my age who lived across the street and I desperately wanted to be her friend. One Saturday morning, my dad was busy outside working in the yard and I was playing nearby. And after a little while, I noticed that the girl across the street had come out of her home. She, along with her parents, began walking across the street to talk to my dad, probably to say hello to their new neighbors. And I wanted to impress her. So I ran inside, I ran upstairs, went into the bathroom, opened a drawer that contained the hair ribbons and barrettes that my mom used when she was combing my hair. And I searched for the combination that would make me look the best. And I settled for a magenta ribbon that resembled a very thick piece of yarn and it had several knots in it, but that did not deter me. I tied that ribbon around my head like a headband, knots and all, and then I picked a few of my favorite plastic animal barrettes, and I clipped them onto my knotted makeshift headband. After looking in the mirror, I felt more beautiful than ever. I was so excited to run downstairs and meet my new friend. I had absolute faith that my perfectly styled hair and gorgeous headband that I made myself would make a slam dunk impression. I do not recall exactly what happened after that. That's kind of where my memory ends. But my six-year-old thought process and unwavering confidence are still seared into my memory to this day. But after this experience happened and I started to grow up a little bit, everything changed. My family, two years later, moved to another state, and I struggled to find friends. Life repeatedly beat me up, and my self-worth all but disappeared. 
but somewhere deep inside that confident, joyful six-year-old was still calling to me, pleading to be invited to the party. It has taken me the better part of three decades to peel back the layers, discover who I really am, really who I have always been, invite my six-year-old self back in and show up authentically. And to be true, even when I think I have it all figured out, God shows me additional layers I need to remove. It has been a process that has been both exhilarating and sometimes painful. The truth is that identity affects everything. It determines how we see ourselves and others. It influences our decisions and our goals. It plays center stage while we walk down roads that ultimately create our lives. So as we set out on this journey to solidify our faith, to become more grounded and steady amid the craziness going on in the world, we cannot ignore the power of identity. It is central to everything we choose to do with our lives. Understanding who we really are is crucial to our spiritual survival. As a young mom of multiple children, I cherished the time I had with my babies in the middle of the night. Maybe not at first, but I grew to cherish the time that I had with them in the middle of the night, especially as I gained more children and that time with my babies one-on-one was so hard to find. Of course, I longed for sleep, but the days were noisy and chaotic and the nights, they were quiet and serene. As I fed and rocked my newborns in those peaceful hours, I would often look down into their faces, fresh from heaven, and wonder who they were born to become. God met me in that rocking chair night after night and testified to my heart of how incredible my babies were and how much he loved them and me. But life with little ones was much more challenging than I could have anticipated. One of my kids in particular was born as the king of strong will. My way or the highway was his unyielding mantra from the day he was born. Persistent beyond measure, he would spectacularly lose his cool when he did not get his way. For many years, the days were long and draining, both emotionally and physically. Most of the time, I felt like a failure. I read loads of parenting books, I tried all the strategies, and I saw zero improvement in my son's behavior, which seemed to escalate rather than improve. I worried that I would never be able to measure up to the mark of competent motherhood. And as a result, my kids would grow up and they would end up in prison and they would hate me forever. That was a legitimate worry for me. I'm not even exaggerating there. And those thoughts haunted me. And I frequently poured out my heart to the Lord, pleading for guidance, direction, and peace. On several occasions, one clear and comforting thought permeated my soul as I knelt in prayer. It was this, you have no idea how lucky you are to be this child's mother. He came to earth with this fierce determination because he will need it to accomplish the work I have prepared for him. That thought was very comforting and I held on to it like a lifeline for many discouraging years. It gave me hope when this beautiful child of mine spit in my face and told me he wished he were dead when I would not give him something he wanted at age six. It offered me the gift of perspective when he tried to run away at age seven because he got in trouble for kicking me. It helped me through countless power struggles and provided a framework upon which we could build our parenting. My son's fierce determination that I saw as a problem 
God, even in those early years that were so challenging for me, saw that determination as a blessing. That son is now 23 years old, and his determined spirit has been a blessing in his life more times than I can count. It has been his guide through many challenging experiences. But looking back, it was not just my son whom I saw with distorted vision. I was also looking at myself in a mirror that made me appear almost unrecognizable. I saw myself as a failure. I saw myself as lacking. I saw myself as small, even invisible. If my house wasn't clean at all times, I was a failure. If my kids behaved poorly, it was my fault. I had failed. If I was not invited to a gathering or event, it was because there was something fundamentally wrong with me. Perhaps I was not worthy of friendship or belonging. I lived in a mindset of scarcity, inadequacy, and overwhelm, which kept me from seeing myself for who I really was. And as a result, I also had a hard time seeing my kids for who they really were. There is an old Cherokee legend that illustrates one battle that each of us must fight in mortality. It goes like this. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other is good. He has joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. One of my mentors, Brooke Snow, teaches that the wolves represent our two identities. The first wolf is our false identity or the natural man. This is the identity that is created through the world's influences. Whenever we live in a place of fear, of comparison, lack, contention, isolation, or inadequacy, we feed wolf number one. On the other hand, the second wolf is our divine identity, who God created us to be. When we live in a place of love, joy, humility, hope, spiritual connection, abundance, and faith, we feed wolf number two. The wolf we feed will determine our experience in life. If we want to live with joy, abundance, faith, gratitude, and connection, we must learn to starve the evil wolf and live in our true identity. When I was wallowing in the wilderness of self-doubt, counting my failures, feeling invisible, and entrenched in a mindset of scarcity, I could not progress, which was incredibly frustrating for me. My progression halted until I learned to see myself differently. The catalyst for change happened one spring morning in the year 2001. At that time, I had two young boys who taxed every ounce of my patience on an hourly basis. I felt like a failure all the time, and I wondered how I would ever be able to survive motherhood, let alone teach these precious boys all they needed to learn. With a heavy heart, I walked into the crowded Marriott Center on BYU campus one morning to listen to the opening address of the BYU Women's Conference for that year. Sherry Dew was the keynote speaker that morning, and I prayed that she would speak peace to my weary heart. 
for the next hour, I was absolutely convinced she was talking directly to me. Her words seared into my soul. She said, noble and great, courageous and determined, faithful and fearless. That is who you are and that is who you have always been. Understanding that truth can change your life because this knowledge carries a confidence that cannot be duplicated any other way. Close quote. Was I really noble and great, courageous and determined, faithful and fearless, even though I felt like a failure more days than not? The spirit in that moment testified to me of the truthfulness of her words, and I held on to them like a lifeline for many difficult years when I wanted to believe I was born for greatness, but I had a hard time rising above my challenging circumstances. Slowly, though, ever so slowly, over the course of many years, as I pled to God for strength, I came to myself and awoke from the sleep I believe came straight from Satan. I realized that he, the adversary, wanted me to focus on my weaknesses and inadequacies because that would keep me from understanding who I was and what God was counting on me to do. And if I lived in the land of comparison and self-doubt, the natural man would win and my eternal growth would be stifled. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. My experience has taught me that the Lord is anxious for us to awake, arise, and understand who we are as his divine children, because that knowledge of our divine identity affects everything we do. It affects how we see and talk about ourselves and others. It affects how we behave, how we make decisions, how we approach spirituality, whether we feel peace, and one million other things. It is no wonder that the adversary offers sorry substitutes for worth and tries to convince us that we will never be smart enough, thin enough, pretty enough, talented enough, successful enough, or enough in any other way. If he can get us to believe those lies, we will be stuck, held hostage by our own inadequacies. That, my friends, is not why God sent us to earth. His plan is a plan of progress, faith, action, abundance, peace, and love. All things that require us to have confidence in ourselves and in Him. Confidence and its twin sister, self-worth, are the natural result of understanding who we are, what strengths we bring to the table, and what we can accomplish with God's help. One of my favorite examples of this begins in Moses chapter 6. The Lord calls Enoch to do a great work for him, one that will require a great deal of courage to call the people to repentance. Enoch responded to that call by saying, Why is it that I have found favor in thy sight, and am but a lad, and all the people hate me? For I am slow of speech. Wherefore am I thy servant? The Lord responded to Enoch by telling him to anoint thine eyes with clay and wash them and thou shalt see. He wanted Enoch to see himself differently. And as that happened, as Enoch began to see himself differently, he became a mighty prophet who moved mountains and rerouted rivers. 
He, who was once slow of speech, and according to him, hated by all men, spoke with such power that all nations feared. He became amazing and powerful and unstoppable, and Enoch's people were eventually taken up to heaven because of their great righteousness for following him. How did that change come about? What changed in Enoch? for feeling like I am but a lad and all the people hate me, to believing he could accomplish the impossible with God's help. What changed was his identity. What he believed about himself transformed when he put his hand in God's hand and started walking. That mental shift changed the course of Enoch's life. What does that mean for you? What does it mean for me and for our families? We can adopt the same pattern that Enoch followed. We see with God's eyes. We understand who we are. We walk with God. And then we experience God's power. God can help us to see ourselves differently. Seeing leads to understanding. Understanding leads to action. Action leads us to experience God's power even in miraculous, life-altering ways. It all starts with how we see. Are you willing to allow God to help you see yourself and Him in a fresh new light? What would that new vision unlock for you? How would it change your life to see yourself through God's eyes? I can tell you from experience that seeing yourself through God's eyes unlocks his power to grow, to progress, to do what he sent you to this good earth to do. And that getting stuck in the wilderness of inadequacy and counting all the things that we think we can't do very well in comparing ourselves to others and to wishing we were certain ways and that we had certain things like other people had and all that stuff, that's going to keep us stuck. I know because it kept me stuck for many, many years. We can unlock the power of God in our lives by seeing ourselves differently. That is step number one, my friends, and it may not happen all at once. For me, it was a process that took time. For me to unpack everything that I was holding on to and lay it on God's altar and allow him to work in me, to change me. But let's work on seeing ourselves differently. And to that end, your shine challenge for this week is to ask the Lord in humble prayer to tell you one thing that he loves about you. One thing. Just ask for one thing. Go into that prayer with an open heart, ready to learn something about yourself. God will talk to you. I have done this before, and I have learned things about myself that I did not know. He told me things about myself that didn't really feel that true, actually, because they weren't part of my current experience. But God sees us not only as we are now, but as we were before we came to earth, and as we have the potential to become. So trust what he tells you. He will tell you. Listen to what he says. Write that down. Whatever you learn, write it down and look back on it when you're feeling inadequate, when you're feeling down on yourself. Look back to that 
thing that God told you he loved about you. Cling to it. Hold to it like like a lifeline as you move forward. And this could change your life. How we see ourselves affects everything. So let's see ourselves with God's eyes. And together, let's stand. Thank you for joining me this week, my friends, and I will see you back here next time. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. If you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement, find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepard. That's two N's, two P's, and an A-R-D, or at LynetteShepard.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again. And remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.